0: Welcome to issue 38 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, The Encounter Sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes' intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Deborah, and joining me is Steve.
1: Ever, how's it going? Hey,
0: and Mike. Hello and Daniel.
2: Oh, greetings. What a special, special issue we have tonight. We are joined by Deborah Garcia. That is the voice you heard at the top. Uh, Deborah is the lead art director for Marvel Champions and an art director at Fantasy Flight Games. Welcome to the interrogation room. and We're so glad to have you. Glad to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it means to be an art director at Fantasy Flight and the lead art director for our beloved game?
0: Oh man. Uh, what does it mean? So the art director is actually comprised of a team. Um, there is no single art director, uh, we're a collaborative group. We cover, uh, many different IPs. Um, Marvel champions is just, um, my, my specialty, I suppose. Um, I've been, uh, an art director with Marvel champions since the core set. And I was part of like choosing the the visual style. Um, you know, selecting the original artist pool and growing the game from there.
2: We're I mean, we're just so excited to talk to you, Deborah. I mean, like, this <laughs> is the world. Like, this is a part of the of the world of Fantasy Flight and the games that we love, and stuff that we just don't know very much about. So it's it's gonna be very exciting to talk to you and learn more. So, how long you been at Fantasy Flight?
0: Um, I started at the beginning of 2018, so okay. in January I will have been with Fantasy Flight for about three years. So not very long. Um... But I feel incredibly immersed. Like Even after all this time, I've touched about every IP that we have bar mm, Twilight Imperium and, uh, let's see, uh, Heroes of Terranoth. Okay. Oh, wow.
3: That's quite a bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> um, Arkham, Lord of the Rings, uh, Key Forge, X-Men, Mutant Insurrection. I've, uh, I've gone into all of them.
3: In three years. Do you find it difficult jumping around like that or is it all...
0: Oh, it's so necessary. Yeah. (laughs) It's really, really necessary. (laughs) Like, um, when when you when you work on a game line for such a long time, you start to really crave like the stories of the other IPs. Like I've worked with uh Marvel Champions pretty consistently ever since we started the core set. Um, but I often I was like, I feel like I need to to do more fantasy work. So I want to work in Lord of the Rings or I really feel like I want to work with vibrant colorful artwork and I really want to work on Key Forge or I really want to do more sci-fi so let's go into uh, Android Netrunner so we we do have a lot of freedom with like what we want to work with who feels like being on this game line and like spreading ourselves out well that sounds awesome yeah it's fun
3: (laughs) so how many art directors are there
0: um currently there are four of us and then our managing art director
3: okay so I imagine you're all collaborating all the time
0: Yes, pretty much all the time. And I mean, collaborating on on IP details, on lore, as well as just um, the quality of artwork, like I can very much be involved with a project that I'm not even assigned to, uh, just okay. to help review story, quality, narrative, and and the kind of feedback that we want to give an artist and like help with some of the direction.
2: Mm-hmm. So this might sound like a strange question and, I, and maybe even naive a little bit, but like <laughs> In in game design terms, what does art mean? Because you had also said, like, the look of the game. And I think mm. of that as, as a more, like, kind of macro-level visual. So, like, it's not just the card art, clearly, right? There's some other stuff that your job entails. Is that right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it, it may not be as apparent uh, to other people besides the art directors and the people like us who are just absolutely focused on the artwork. but Every IP has a different style, a different visual style, and part of our jobs is to keep that visual style consistent. And that can be either uh, both directing the artist, artists to to maintain that style, as well as uh, curating the artist pool for artists who uh, best gravitate towards that style. So, like for Keyforge, you know, it's like really colorful, um, mm-hmm. really energetic. Yeah. For for Marvel, it's like the Marvel house style, like spot blacks, vibrant color, a particularly digital look. Lord of the Rings is a classic, realistic fantasy. Arkham has realistic horror, but dread, <laughs> you right, know, like, right. it's, yeah. it's, it's, like dread can, is very much a part of the visual style. And part of maintaining that is one of our main focuses.
1: Thank you, sweet. <laughs> Are you an artist yourself?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I went to MCAT and I have a degree in illustration. In fact, all of the art directors are illustrators and painters. Two of the art directors are working freelance illustrators. Another is a extraordinarily talented minis painter. Um, so we are pretty much ready at any moment to Make arms art for the games if necessary, but we do try to avoid that. Most of the time, we utilize our skills to make edits or to communicate visual notes to the artists. Like sometimes, uh, painting over an artist's work to show a completely visual example of the direction we want to go, and which we then scrap. Um, and it's purely art direction. Uh, like usually, we we can like create and supplement uh, concept art for new game lines sometimes, but it's yeah, it's pretty much hired artists for most of our work, but we are artists ourselves to better understand them um, and to better direct them.
3: Got it. Got it. So um, you speak their language, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should have just said that. <laughs> yeah, we speak, we speak their language. We, yeah, we, our communication is incredibly important. We, we speak in art all day long. Well, that sounds like
2: your day is absolutely joyful. <laughs>
0: I, I take I take a lot of joy in, in all of the artwork that I get to see. Like fantasy artwork, fantasy illustration, sci-fi illustration mm-hmm. is my number one passion. That is the thing I care most about, personally.
1: <laughs> you said you're ready to step in just in case. Have you d- had to do that? Are there any pieces out there in any games that folks might be able to take a look at your art?
0: Oh, no, no, definitely not. Like, it's it's definitely... <sighs> how do I say, more of a, a last resort sort of thing. For me, any art that I may have contributed is either unreleased or part of pre-production. Um, and then edits are seamless and um, usually just to enhance what we already have. We never want to misrepresent uh, an artist's work. So I don't I, I don't think I could point to anything specifically, and I definitely uh, wouldn't want to encourage anyone to track one down. You know, like, like kind of <laughs> a, a gotcha thing. Like, yeah, no way. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> understood. So, you know, when you're when you're thinking about the visual look of a game or or something like that, you also have the IP itself to consider, I imagine. And yes, like there's already like an art universe for Marvel, right? And so how do how do you kind of put it? the original stamp that the game has for that art but like also honor the ip or adhere to licensing things mm. or whatever you know what i mean like, like yeah
0: yeah that's that's a bit of a broad question um i i think i like uh stop me if i if i go off on a tangent and i'm not really addressing what what you're trying to pin well, down? But I don't like, even
2: really know what my question is.
0: Other than <laughs> uh, other than like, Marvel has its own look already in yes, the existing yes.
2: literature and stuff. And like, what do you have to do about that, or how far away can you move from that?
0: Oh, okay. That yeah, that's great. That's Something
2: great. like that, I guess. Is yeah. Like, is it restrictive to have an artistically restrictive?
0: It's restrictive, um, not so much. More like a it is a limitation, but it's a limitation mm-hmm. we we put on it. So I when see. it came to Marvel, for instance, like when we were designing the core set and the lead art director at the time that I was working with when we were trying to pin down a style, we very much wanted to represent the comic panel and for it to reflect mm. the the house style of Marvel generally. One of my main goals was to have actual Marvel artists who regularly work with Marvel for Marvel, uh, working with us. And maybe because they they definitely work in a more uh, a sequential way like they're they're more focused on moving sequentially panel to panel, and for us it's a matter of working narratively within one image to create card art, but still to reflect a panel um, right so it it was all these things uh, to consider uh, growing our artist pool was definitely tough finding that style both with independent. Uh, comic artists who may have never worked with Marvel, plus Marvel artists who were veterans who don't necessarily um, uh, maintain a artist portfolio uh, like websites for themselves. So it's a little a little hard to track some of them down. But let's see. I'm I'm definitely <laughs> losing my train of thought. Oh, um, but yeah. A, a, and and as for um, like maintaining that style strictly over time, we have definitely started to expand more. Like I. I love mm. the 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 mainstream style, but one of the great pleasures of working with Marvel artists is that you realize that a lot of them don't work in that style and they're still creating, you know, incredible stories in in recent issues. So a lot of um the artists that I'm working with now that work with Marvel are definitely outside that style and like it's it's totally thrilling to to see the style start to 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 expand and to, you know, twist itself into its own thing.
2: Awesome. Now you've mentioned a couple of times, this this idea of building an artist pool. What does that mean exactly? Mm. How do you go about doing that? I mean, well, this, this is fascinating.
0: So yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> an artist pool. Oh my God. I, I do love to talk about an artist pool. So an artist pool is essentially a, a pool of artists that we pull from on the regular per IP. Some of them are crossovers, like we certainly use artists from Lord of the Rings that also work in Star Wars. Uh, We may have long relationships with illustrators for many, many years. I'm always looking to expand the talent that we work with, so I often like to pull in new artists who are either at the beginning of their careers or who have never worked in that IP before. Maintaining an artist pool is usually based on style. Uh, Mm -hmm. Keyforge, for instance, our artist pool reflects the style that we're going for. It may not be the only style they work in. It might be one of their specialties, so they could possibly also work in another IP. So those artist pools are just the cultivated groups that we mm. built in order to, to maintain the style of a game and to um, pretty much provide regular assignments and work. Like um, Again, we, we've worked with some illustrators for years and years and years who could at times have worked on all of our IPs.
2: Okay. How do you, how do you guys find each other?
0: So scouting is a really big part of our job. Awesome. Uh, we scout pretty, pretty often. It's, it's definitely a, a, a constant, constant thing. We, we go to conventions, which we can't anymore, but in the past we've gone to conventions, <laughs> gone to artist shows, looked at artist portfolios. One of my very favorite things is meeting with students and, and doing portfolio reviews and uh, occasionally pulling in, very very young artists, just at the beginning of their careers, and saying like you would really work for our Lord of the Rings games. Like it's in your portfolio. Oftentimes, this is just hours and hours of us looking through ArtStation or Deviant Art or Twitter, and just like that art style is correct. Let's let's track down that artist. Let's find their let's find their details. Let's pull them in. And then we also can receive submissions from artists who are just interested in working with us. Oh wow! Yeah,
3: I, I want to follow this thread a bit. Um... So you mentioned maintaining an artist pool, and I we totally understand how that relates to the other IPs, um, especially when it comes to writing art briefs and communicating with the artists. Uh, a lot of the art for Marvel, we notice, is taken from the comics. Uh, do you do art briefs for Marvel, or do you, is it... I guess, how how do you find art? Do, you, do you, Is there a database where you can say, hey, I need... I need pictures of spider-man
0: ah so so it's definitely a a partnership between uh the art directors and the developers the developers um come to us with their art needs with what they know is needed for the narrative and for all of the scenarios marvel is a like marvel champions is a special case in that our, our our pickup pool is something that the developers find on their own we review that work to make sure that it is consistent with the game's style. But that's just part of our partnership with Marvel. For other games, the pickup we may use is, is artwork that we have commissioned. So for Marvel, it's because of our partnership that we can um, use some of those assets that they already have. So anything like briefs that we have, that we make, are for our artists that we commission. And anything that is an asset from Marvel is completely different. My, my like my only involvement with that is to review and make sure that they're consistent with the style.
3: I see. Do you um, do you ever deal with the licensing side of things? Like, do you ever say, "Oh yeah, absolutely." That Marvel? Um,
0: yeah, I, I guess I'm afraid I can't say too much about sure. about sure. the licensing aspect of it. I will say, like at least as a relationship with Marvel, um, <laughs> they rule. <laughs> they're they're. A pretty incredible partner to have and one of the best things that we do um collaboratively is the focus on character costumes
1: right okay. it can
0: be it can be a pretty big challenge to make sure that we are using the correct costumes for the character's timeline and keeping uh like the depiction consistent depending on what they're doing or you know which which character has the mantle um oh, I learned yeah. so much about <laughs> about character costumes that i didn't even care to know.
1: You yeah. know <laughs> I, w- yeah. I would never have even thought of that, right? Like, is this the Thor that's got the weird uh-huh. symbols on his chest, or uh-huh. is he wearing the winged helm? Yeah. Or... Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that,
3: that leads like... into one of my other questions, because they, like, from Marvel's standpoint, they have an IP that they're trying to protect, and their universe is, hasn't rebooted over the years, right? But um, culture changes, mm. their, their heroes have changed a little bit. Uh, Gamora, uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy, her costume has changed like three or four times in the yeah. past decade. <laughs> so, if you want to pick Gamora, I guess how much freedom do you have? Does Does Marvel try to say no? Stick with the modern look, or
0: it's it's never it's definitely never as simple as quite as that. Um, like I recall when let's see, I'll try to think of an example that we've already shown. Hmm.
3: I guess what brought this up is that uh, there's a card counter attack, which is cl- which just happens to have Gamora from an old old costume, and that's mm-hmm. what got me thinking about mm-hmm. this.
0: But. Yeah, but so so I can't speak for the for the art assets that we uh, receive from Marvel, but for us, we adhere to one costume that, and it's it's like uh, we create a a visual guide of that costume that we send to the artists and the artists adhere to that visual guide for that character, unless stated otherwise. So let's like Hawkeye, for instance, um, when we commission artwork for Hawkeye, he always has his barehead, head uh, sunglasses, like sleek look, not the um, the nice big cat eye uh, cowl. Oh,
1: right? I see, I see. Okay, all right.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: So I wanted to ask about your, the commissioning of art and um, you're talking about the artist pool. We've noticed on many of the cards there's no artist credit, and some of them do have artist credit. Mm.
0: Yeah. So, so the artists, uh, the cards that have an artist credit are commissioned art pieces. Those are people that work directly with us, artists that work directly with us uh, that we are taking through the process of uh, sending them an art description, working with them from sketch to ink to final. Uh, cards that have a like just a a basic credit to marvel those are those are assets directly from marvel
2: well is there like a percentage of those assets that you have to use
0: not a percentage that we have to use as far as i know okay like much of the game is already figured out before it gets to me i just think it's pretty
2: right right but i'm just thinking like so that they can have some kind of control over the look of the game to make sure that it stays grounded in their IP and the visual of their IP. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, at least 30% of these cards have to just be from the comics, you know, or something like that.
0: Right. Um, I'm still not sure of percentages exactly. I've never mm -hmm. even really considered it, but what for artwork that we commission, um, there is absolutely a partnership with Marvel to make sure that things are consistent, that it meets IP details correctly. um, And that someone is wearing the correct boots and that's not from (laughs) the 80s. I've been sad. Like, I I hope someday I get to do a special art brief where we get Luke Cage's original, you know, like tiara. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what a dream.
1: So is that the sort of thing where maybe like these alt art cards that organize play hands out or things like that? You know, maybe there's a spot for you to put some of that stuff in for.
0: Oh, a girl can dream.
1: Yeah let's uh, let's shift gears a tiny bit. It's a game you know we're talking about a, a card game that we all play. Are you a gamer yourself? Do you play the games?
0: oh so okay interesting um i I think at f f g uh I personally am a bit of an odd duck i'm I'm very much a casual player when it comes to tabletop games um I'm not very serious and i'm not a I'm not a big fan of playing really long sessions unless it's like d and d i I usually prefer games that uh have like short rounds and a fast pace and can be played with a large group of people like essentially party games i I really like like samurai sword like love letter uh one of my favorites uh, that i played recently was uh epic spell wars uh battle wizards that was super fun so I'm, i'm like when it comes to tabletop um i'm so focused on the art aspect that i rarely get a chance to play our own games unless i'm playtesting in my everyday i'm i'm just really big into video games video games are uh an obsession and i like to play big immersive single player rpgs like any anything where i'm doing fetch quests and crafting weapons like that's my jam
3: cool. okay what's your favorite
0: oh how dare <laughs> <laughs> um i i could give you a long list of just like the big immersives that i like i like uh, all the dragon age series all the mass effect series i haven't played andromeda but like uh elder Scrolls, from morrowind to skyrim uh red dead series uh last of a series ghost of tsushima god of war hellblade uh pretty much all oh, of the assassin's way. creed games i over the pandemic i've been playing uh the entirety of the yakuza games um i just finished the seventh entry in the series and then played the judgment game right after that and then i'm really looking forward to game seven which is coming out next month so yeah really like that series oh, a lot that's a fun series what's yeah. that
3: that's a fun series Yes, it is.
0: It, I, I would say that's one of my favorites that uh, I've been hyper focused on. Steve,
1: can I ask one more
0: question about art?
1: I know sure. Yeah, we can, sir- <laughs>
0: Absolutely. we can circle
1: around before. I was just going to say that Baldur's Gate 3 is starting to take me away right now. Oh,
0: so. uh, Yeah, yeah. My, my friend is playing, uh, replaying Baldur's Gate 2 right now and I've just been peeking over a lot and I'm like, I've never played it. Uh, I think the closest I've ever played to that was Dragon Age Origins but I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a try before, before <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3 comes out. It looks pretty cool
3: good it's it shows its age for sure the interface at least it shows its age
0: yeah that's fine so uh, what was that our question
2: oh okay (laughs) well this the whole process of commissioning is is something i would really like to hear you talk about deborah like just sort of the beginning to the end of a card right like
0: sure sure you know how
2: does it even start like you there's a card concept then then what you reach to an artist and then how's that conversation between you and the artist go from the beginning to the end.
0: Okay, yeah, let's let's see how much I can say. <laughs> I don't want to give away all our secrets, but- Sure, understood, uh, and so, again, we can
2: always delete.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so like, like I mentioned before, um, the developers essentially come to us with a list of art needs. Um, we usually conceptualize how much art is needed, have an idea of like is there a lot of character work in here is there a lot of environments are there a lot of item pieces Mm. and and then we start once we once we have that early concept stage we start putting together an artist list of like for this ip uh like what are some of the veterans uh we may want to use for that are really great at items that are really great at environments that are really great at uh certain character likenesses um and then we work with the developers to groom those briefs into a much more visual language, something that will make the artist see it a little more clearly, like give them the details that are necessary uh, for it to just be a visual slam. Like once they read that brief, they're like, oh, I know. I know what I'm supposed to do here. Um, and this rather is than... where we come
2: back to the you speak their language part.
0: Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, we, we take it from uh, developers who are, maybe writing something out with a lot of unnecessary detail and then you know <laughs> like and it's not like the it could be like details that are really fun but not really necessary for the mm. visuals that we need so we'll strip some of that down we'll we'll buff some of it up like make it more visually interesting and then we have that list of artists that we consider we might add more take some away we get a good look at um exactly what what art assignments need what and we compile a, a, like a solid list. And then we reach out to those artists. We give them a timeline. They let us know essentially how many art pieces they would be comfortable taking in that time. Oh, and then, Okay. Yeah, that's a really big part of it is because schedules can be incredibly mm-hmm. strict. Or um, we, we also have to consider everyone else in the pipeline, such as graphic designers. Sure. And uh, other developer needs. So... The, what they are capable of doing in that timeline is incredibly important. And and then after that, we we try to assign based on the artist's uh, strengths and interests. Like the worst sure. thing is to give an artist a piece that they are uninterested in. The best thing is when they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to do this character. I'm so excited to depict this. And I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Like, that's <laughs> honestly, that's the biggest thrill right. is knowing that I assigned someone correctly. Um, or to their benefit, something that they'll enjoy and because I can see their joy in the artwork when it first comes back to me sure and and then from there we we have deadlines for for sketches um we give a softer deadline for any work in progresses or color roughs or other check-ins and then a, a much harder finals deadline and we usually allow time after that finals deadline to make revisions if necessary and to give additional feedback so mm-hmm. we start from we get sketches, we review them together and then we can sometimes go straight to final if that is just like a mind blowing sketch that's doing everything correctly. Or we may see, like, oh, we have good information here, but we kind of want to see what the color looks like so we can get a better idea of where this is headed. Right. So, and yeah, and then we move, like, for, for Marvel, um, I established a, a check in point of the ink stage. I always like to see where their values are uh, in the ink stage, like whether they're using really large spot blacks, whether um, they're more reliant on line and less on. On on line weight, and yeah, we just move from there over the period of the art art unit time until finals, and uh, that's about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. And what is what is the average time that you would commission a piece to when you need it?
0: Um, commission
2: to final. I if if there even is an average time, I don't. There
0: there definitely is. Um, it it doesn't wiggle away too much from about two months okay, but that's okay. but that's not that's not a project time that is the art unit's time right. um, The project can go on for much longer with other art needs that have their own uh give or take two month schedule it's it's just it's something it's a time that we have found works well to get the quality and the consistency and and making it too long can always lead to the possibility of uh losing contact or uh communication breaking down. And too fast, mm-hmm. that we never never want to burn out an artist, like especially an artist that we uh, use a lot, like burnout is something I am always on the lookout i I can tell through communication whether an artist is starting to starting to flag
2: I see interesting. well, you had said before you like you try to spread it around a bit, right like you've got your pool and you're not
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're not dumping fifty percent of the pool on on artists, right it's so bad. like no yeah.
0: never. I'd say on average, uh, an illustrator uh, would do maybe two to three illustrations, um, while a comic artist can do 10 to 15. Like, they are some of the most uh, prolific, uh, humble, hardworking artists I've ever worked with. Like, they're they're some of my favorite uh, working relationships are with our comic artists on Marvel.
1: When that artist is done, how are they submitting that art to you? Like, is it digital format? Yes. Are they giving, is it all digital format?
0: At yeah, it is. It okay. is all digital. We definitely have artists who work traditionally, especially artists who do uh, traditional pencils and traditional inks. I would say about hundred percent of the time the colors are digital, regardless of whether the ink and pencils were traditional.
1: And then you take this beautiful piece and you shrink it down to two inches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and you know that's a, that's a consideration we have to make as well. Um, card size is a phrase we throw around a lot when an artwork, when a piece of artwork has to be legible at card size is really important so mm. for for games that have like hyper realistic art star wars for instance uh like i'll say imperial assault uh or x-wing actually that's a good example uh cause there's so many ships uh so much uh stardust and and planets and and galaxies and mm. and and you know vapor trails and all that and it can be that you were you commissioned it at this incredible size, and if we focus too much on the intricate details, all of that can get lost when it's finally printed and you see it at card size. So we're always considering, how does this look when it's two inches by three inches?
1: Yeah, I saw, I think, Owen Weber. Uh, oh, he's done love some Lord of the Rings stuff, and he's got a card. I, I think I think it's him. Uh, Gondorian Shield, and you see the shield. And then at Gen Con he had the original piece and there's all this stuff around it that you never see <laughs> on the card. Like yeah. look at the our soldiers and the you know the smoke in the back and things like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think Owen Weber actually works traditionally. Uh for the most part, uh, he'll have his originals. Um it's a it's a treat to see um Owen at uh conventions. And yeah, it it can be a shame if you if you lose some of that. Like we we try to avoid that. But when you're looking at screens and you and you just blow it up and you're just going in there, like <laughs> I can I can hyper focus on something that's essentially a couple of centimeters big when I when it's finally printed.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I've got one. I've got one more serious question before we sure. get truly villainous. Because uh, you brought up <laughs> uh, the word story a few times, mm. uh, what does that entail? Is it be anything beyond artwork?
0: Well, I mean, there's the story of the scenario, and that's mostly. The job of the developers, like, what is the story for the scenario? What, who is the villain? What, what are the heroes doing? What is going on? And that can often um, dictate the mood. Our Red Skull box set, much of that was like, things are not so great. Red Skull's <laughs> taken over. Everybody's sad. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and and that, that's the story that we, tr- we try to maintain that mood throughout all of the artwork. Um, especially anything that gets closer and closer to actually depicting Red Skull.
2: Wow, it must be really difficult to maintain that mood about things are not so great and everyone is sad.
0: (laughs) I mean, if if (laughs) I (laughs) were making Red Skull right now, I think that would be a a piece of cake. (laughs) Yeah, right? Just look out the window. You're (laughs) going to be Ah, inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we consider the story um, that, our writers put together. And then there's also the story of the card itself, like the brief, but also the narrative elements that tell that story, uh, the mood, the, um, the detail, the focus, like there can be a lot going on, but the focus is incredibly important. There could be a huge battle, but the focus is on Red Skull and Captain America just coming at each other. Like that's mm-hmm. the pinpoint, that's the focal point of, of the actual composition.
2: So, I mean, it sounds like then you were working pretty closely with the writers and mm-hmm. with, I mean, do you work a lot with Caleb and Mike? Like uh uh-huh, absolutely. They about, are they, when you say like the developers, you mean them, right? In terms of yes. like, yeah. they'll write notes about the card needs to have this on it kind of thing. And then.
0: Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll definitely of, how, like, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to ask them, is there anything I should know? Or is there anything I could, um, you know, keep in mind with this? Like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we're um, assigning artwork, they may tell us these two art pieces are, are, are depicting a moment right after each other. So they should go to the same artist. Oh, cool. You know, okay. things oh. like that. So, really yeah, it, uh, our relationship with the developers is incredibly important. Um, I rely on them very heavily as, a, as like checkers to make sure, sure. that um, <laughs> I'm not running off with my own narrative and, and forgetting like, oh, yeah, there's, there's something I'm supposed to be doing.
2: I mean there has to be a I mean a, a pretty monumental difference for like the notes they give you if it's like here's the card we need a card for mockingbird versus we need a card for haymaker right or counterpunch or like how do they like there oh. is there a I mean how big is that difference in terms of like the notes you get or the
0: It really depends on the intent of the card um okay. as well like I I I put a lot of stock in the mood of mm-hmm. the card like um I could get a a hero to depict and the mood is villainous and I really need to understand what that card is for, uh, what the mechanic is, what its purpose is, so that when the player picks up that card, they're like, what is this hero doing uh, with this like fairly negative action? Like, oh, okay, it fits into the story. And that's something that I'm going to be like, going back and forth with the developer about, like, making sure that that mood is is consistent with the, with the intention of the story is a super big deal. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely always um, checking in with the developers. Like uh, I need, I need them.
2: Right. Oh my God, Deborah, your job sounds so fun.
0: It is. It's pretty fun.
1: (laughs) Speaking of the developers, Michael and Caleb, which one would you say makes a better villain? you know, we are villain podcasts oh. and I'm curious.
0: Uh, I would probably I, I'd probably say Caleb.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> He's
0: crafty. He He's crafty. Yeah. He's crafty. Yeah. Uh, Michael is a, is a, is a, is heroic. Like I, I really believe that. And I think uh, Caleb is crafty and together they make <laughs> uh, an incredible well-balanced team.
1: I'm not sure in the context of our show, which is a better <laughs> answer. So.
0: <laughs> which one you, you want to be. You need that balance. The universe needs like balance. It. That's
1: right. That's right.
3: <laughs> uh so what's your history with Marvel? Like are are you a fan of the comics, the movies?
0: Um so uh, this is kind of like my do you play games um answer I feel like cuz it's it's kind of similar. So <laughs> it, it's it's like whether I follow Marvel is a very a very yes and a very no uh thing. Um like I was very very big into Marvel around the time of the original Civil War and Secret Invasion run. Um which is a long time ago. <laughs> um, and I, I was really into reading uh, New Avengers and Exiles. Exiles was my jam. I loved Exiles so much. And for a while, I wasn't even really interested in the 616 universe because I was so into Exiles. I, I, I truly hope someday that they make a television series of it. I think it is a really missed opportunity that there is not like oh, oh, a young adult-focused uh, television series for Exiles I actually um,
3: haven't heard of that. I need to go find oh, that right now.
0: Oh, please! It's it's the coolest. It's really okay. the coolest. It's it's a it's a essentially it's like a team built on uh, taking characters from different universes, bringing them together, and uh, they solve the mysteries, take down villains that would like disrupt the the space time continuum. And it has some of the oh, this is the most lovely like characters. I, I, <laughs> it, it's it's it's. Just alternate, good alternate universe stuff. Um, and when people die in that, in that series, they stay dead.
3: Oh my. Oh, f- wow. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. They, they, don't get, they don't get retconned uh, ever. Okay. <laughs> like, um, it, it, the original Exiles team is one of my favorites. I, I'm really not sure if she gets used much anymore, but Blink, oh goodness, what was her name? I think it was, was it Carol Ferguson? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clar- Clarice? Yes, I think Clarice Ferguson. Ferguson. Um, blink. Anyway, she she rules. She was one of my favorite characters at the time and really dear to me. So yeah, and and then around the time of of Civil War Secret Invasion, um, I kind of just went off into manga and independent comics in general. Like uh, I'm very much like um manga and anime dweeb. Like I, I like shonen uh, series a lot.
1: Excellent. Mike, you get into some of the odd stuff too, don't you? Oh,
3: I'll I'll go in deep sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, Do you have any examples? Uh, I mean, I have the odd other comic book. I, I've got a fair bit of, you know, Vertigo. Uh, the Transmetropolitan is a wonderful series. Uh, I did read the original Ghost in the Shell comic, and I absolutely adored nice.
0: it. It's nice, yeah. And I hear that I have good. to watch
3: the new TV show. Apparently there's a series on Netflix that it's a sequel. I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know if it... I've heard it kind of faithfully follows the mood, but I'm not... I don't know much beyond that.
0: You should watch The Standalone Complex. That's the best Ghost in the Shell series.
3: Okay. I will do that.
0: (laughs) I mean, other... Oh, um, I'm going to forget. I believe it was Vertigo, but one of my other favorite, like, obsessive comic lines I was following was The Authority. Oh, was that... It was... um. Oh I'm forgetting his name uh Ellis uh Warren Ellis Warren yeah. Ellis, yeah, 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 Warren Ellis wrote that and uh the the uh the first I would say maybe ten issues of the authority it's incredible, like to this day it's still one of my favorites it's like the the origin of the Midnighter and Apollo characters
3: uh-huh.
0: oh, so good
3: that Warren Ellis is wonderful you also write the uh the castlevania series on netflix
0: yeah i know i love i love castlevania and i love that series i i love to see uh more adult focused um animation like i love children's animation but darker stories in animation is a jam
1: yep so engrossing i love it
0: yeah engrossing definitely
1: so daniel do you feel left out here i i do I, I don't yeah, know any of this. Sorry.
0: Yeah,
2: they started having a conversation that. Oh, I, I sorry. Oh,
0: I mean, I, I could bring it. Back I just to assume Mike is talking about
2: Canadian shows that we can't even get. We, in. Yeah, so, using so, kilometers no. and
1: stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> metric oh, stuff. No. Uh, so here's one question I think <laughs> that we we would be able to uh, know about in Marvel in our game. Who who's your favorite villain in the Marvel universe? <laughs>
0: Uh I I my favorite Marvel villain uh is Sabretooth. Like I I just think he's the bee's knees even though he's like so terrible. <laughs> he's just awful, but he has a, a a a I have a soft spot in my heart for him and I don't really know why. Um and so there's this there's this 90s run of standalone comics for him. I think it's 6 issues. Um and it's just called Sabretooth and it's like in the early 90s. And it's if you want to see Sabretooth Looking absolutely ridiculous in the most ugly but amazing '80s power suits. Mm. I highly recommend it.
2: <laughs> please, he, please tell me he sports a mullet as well.
0: Um. No, well, see, he has very much a businessman attire uh, in that series. So he's he's he has this psychic companion named Bertie and she's a, a mutant psychic, and she uses her powers to calm his bloodlust. And so he's just essentially a more successful person because he isn't always raging. Uh, in bloodlust because he has her. Um, so he's like, you know, he's he's business saber tooth. He, he's got slicked back hair and he's got like a big fur coat. Like, it's it's so good. The art is just astonishing. I think it's um, Mark Tashira. Oh, it's so incredible. And I, I think, I, I might be mistaken, but it's uh, I think it's one of the first ever depictions of Graydon Creed, who's the son he has with um, Mystique. And he is also a really good villain in that series he's just hilariously evil
3: i'm writing all this stuff down (laughs) (laughs) i
0: I, I I try to go back
1: and and watch uh read these oh
0: so good i try to share i try to share this incredible uh short series with as many people who can bear to listen
1: (laughs) (laughs) so while we're on that how about your favorite hero in the marvel universe
0: (laughs) who cares (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who cares about heroes in fact uh just just to be just to be uh sassy about it my actual favorite hero i can technically say is also Sabretooth. in the exiles he's the he's a good guy he's actually the team leader for the original exiles what? yeah uh, yeah he's a he's a good guy he's like he's like the dad of the of the of the group he's the one that sends them out on missions like he he does start as a villain uh working for apocalypse i believe as a uh one of the horsemen like the four horsemen um and he's like you know killing people's kind of bad (laughs) and he like (laughs) goes on to be a hero and like jump across alternate universes with his daughter blink and it's just it is really bizarre and wholesome so that's that's my that's great
2: wholesome isn't really villainous but
0: well when he's like i I I see the charm as a hero as a hero
2: yeah i see the charm we often try to like understand the you know the more sensitive backstories of our villains when we do our <laughs> our background epi- uh issues.
0: Well, you know what? Um Sabretooth is actually a really sensitive caring guy because he beats up Wolverine on his uh, birthday every year. And I oh. think that's really thoughtful of tradition. Well, tradition. Yeah. That's
2: that's commemorating something that's important. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, anniversaries <laughs> are very important to Sabretooth. So glad that you hate heroes. Oh, they're fine. I just don't. I, I think that they're never as stylish as villains.
2: Well, which hero do you like to hear gets beat up, like, and oh. why is it? And why is it Iron Man?
0: <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> disagree with that. I, 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 I remember amusing myself with as much artwork as I could find of him being rescued by Steve during the '70s, when his like weird mullet of curly hair was just like really dramatically like hanging over his shoulders and he was like I'm just I'm just the worst Steve take me out of this burning building. Like <laughs> <laughs> like oh there's some good stuff. But I I think I already said I I quite like um seeing Wolverine get the stuffing beat out of him for sure. I, I don't really care for Wolverine <laughs> except when he's fighting with Sabretooth cuz it's so it's terrible like they just really get down in the mud with each other. Yeah,
3: it's a brawl.
0: Yeah, that and Another one of my, uh, did you know uh, about Sabretooth? Uh, That one time uh, (laughs) Wolverine um, popped him right in the head. Uh, He put a bone claw right through Sabretooth's brain,
1: uh, which
0: lobotomized him uh, and made him like really helpless. And he essentially stayed at the mansion with the X-Men for a long time (laughs) while he was. Well, well, they're like, well, he's not hurting anyone anymore and he's kind of helpless. I guess we'll take care of him. Although he secretly healed himself and then burst out of the mansion with much aplomb.
3: There we go. How long were you working on Marvel before you started dropping hints to Michael and Caleb to put Sabretooth in the game? And are you still <laughs> doing it? Did you still like <laughs> leave them, you know, passive aggressive um, sticky notes and <laughs> um
0: I if I say oh, uh, did you know that tooth is really quite interesting? Uh, everyone starts to turn away from me like, oh, no, not this again. There she goes again. <sighs> With her weird thing about Sabretooth. I just like cats. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know.
1: Are you working on the X-Men Insurrection game?
0: Yeah. I'm also lead art director for X-Men Mutant Insurrection. There we go. Yes. I
1: hope there's a tooth in that game.
0: <laughs> you know me too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, I swear as soon as it came up, I said, saber tooth, saber tooth, saber tooth. Like, eh.
1: So, what? Well, we we'll only see. word? We'll wait yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I love the guy. I don't know. Terrible.
2: No, I'm like, I'm reading all the questions we haven't asked yet. And I'm like, how does this fit now?
1: How does this fit now? All right, here's what <laughs> <one, here's laughs> I'm uh, And I think I know the answer to this. If you could go into the Marvel universe and have any villain, you know, Get into a scrap with them or have them beat you up or get in a tussle with them. Who who would you want it to be?
0: Oh no. Uh honestly, maybe Kingpin. Oh. So I could uh so I could jump up on, on his neck and then he would never be able to grab me. <laughs> 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 Couldn't reach me.
1: Oh, that so I, I was expecting you to just say saber of course, but I'm glad. I don't want to yeah, yeah.
0: hurt my 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 favorite.
1: That's right. <laughs> All right. This is my
3: opportunity to pull you off track again. All right. <laughs> sure. Let's say alternate universe, you have free license to work on any IP, anything at all. What oh. would you choose? You could oh. be art director, any IP.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> this, is, this has been something that I, we have definitely talked about many, many, many times. And now I'm going to draw a blank. It's like, so I always really want to go back to to fantasy. Fantasy illustration is at the forefront of my mind pretty much all the time. Mm. Gosh, I, I guess I would, I would need to consider that. I think I would need to find something like a, a, a fantasy world that I'm really passionate about. And or, or um, if we made, say, a Dragon Age um, board game, I would be uh. all over that. Mm. I know the lore of that world inside and out. And I, I would be first in line.
3: Who owns that IP right now? I don't even know.
0: Oh, Bioware.
3: That is Bioware still, okay. mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, they I know have Bioware. headquarters
3: in my city, but uh, the...
0: oh, right on. Yeah. Um, I, I know that they. I mean, they're they're under EA now, and who knows what's going to happen with a fourth installment? Yeah. So yeah, that that I think that would be a dream, honestly. If I was able to do a tabletop game for Dragon Age, holy moly, uh, I would I would be all over that. In fact, I wouldn't let anybody else touch it. <laughs> hit, would, any, of the art directors, any of the art directors who tried to get near it, I'd hiss at them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Solid answer. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite card art for the game, or anything you're specifically attached to? Or
0: uh, for Marvel Champions?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what, Marvel Champions or anything that you've worked on at Fantasy
0: Flight. Oh my! God. Oh, I do actually. <laughs> um, so I worked on um, uh, the Genesis Expanded Player's Guide. The game master screen on that I worked with Andres Feiner. It is probably the thing I'm the most proud of. Like okay, it I still blows it my mind. Yet. Yeah, it is a yep. three panel game uh, game master screen. It is also on the cover of the players' guide. Uh, man, sometimes I look at that and like, how did that even get made? <laughs> I got that upstairs. Um, I gotta go look at it. Um, it's just a blur, <laughs> but it's it's incredible. And actually, that whole that whole book. I commissioned all of the artwork. I worked with all the artists to get all that work done and it is yeah, one of my one of my very very favorite things that I ever worked on. I it is really a beautiful, really love that book.
2: It is a beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, it encompasses pretty much the splendor of genesis, which is that you can generate a system for anything for uh monster horror, for fantasy, for sci-fi, for apocalypse, yeah, for it's really um, cool. Yeah, history, great heroes and it was just such a pleasure and it still shocks me to look at it like dang look at that and holding the actual game screen in your hands is just it's like a like a god ray moment
3: (laughs) (laughs) i mean just just listening to that it sounds like it'd be a nightmare because it's just so open-ended there's you have nothing to direct your oh it it, it requires yet i think i'm looking i think i found it that is gorgeous
0: yeah Yeah, it's nice it might seem like uh, just because there's a there is so much variety that can be included in there that it would have been chaotic, but it was incredibly structured. Like we were very, very purposeful with how things bled into each other, the transitions between different themes from one end to the other. and it was a challenge, but it was yeah. a very welcome challenge.
2: Yeah, I agree with that assessment. It is an impressively cobbled together book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that it's not um, at
2: all cobbled together. It is so thoughtfully done and interesting. Yeah, there it is. Put that yeah. piece in the show notes, I think. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: that is that is lovely. I mean, look at that.
0: Yeah, Anders Finder is an incredibly talented artist, and it is uh, such an extreme pleasure to work with him whenever we do.
1: So talking about more art stuff here, after a certain period of time, an FFG employee will have their likeness Mm -hmm. put on a piece of art. Are you involved in any of that? How does that come about?
0: Oh, it's, that is one of the most fun things to do. Um, That is purely the (laughs) domain of the art directors. Uh, We handle those from, uh, we write the art briefs ourselves for those. And uh, we work with the employee on what they like to see, what, what IP that they have their heart set on and any, like details that they really want to see and including any artists that they might prefer so it's it's a really cool process like um once a, a an employee has hit that five year mark they're eligible for it they get to um, submit their idea um, and then we just work directly with them like what do you want to see what do you want to what like what what mood do you want uh, what IP who do you want to be like it's it's totally up to them and then, we try to either find the best artist for it, or try to get the artist that they have their heart set on, uh, which often happens. Like I, I rarely have worked on a employee portrait where the employee didn't have an artist in mind, and we t- we do a pretty intense photo shoot of that employee, like getting their likeness down, uh, putting them in the pose that we've kind of figured out for them, using props that might help the artist like really know them just from their photos. And we pass all of that reference uh, material to the artist, let them know what what that employee really wants. And then we just kind of work towards it and and, then like uh, try to bring the employee on to like see what that process is like and and see uh, uh, the artwork as it develops. So it's it's a lot of fun.
1: Did you have to (laughs) say to like Caleb, like, no, you don't have that many muscles. (laughs) I I can't include the Mountain Dew bottle. Like, like, is that come uh, that,
0: that's not ip accurate caleb it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, i i believe uh caleb's five-year portrait was alexander kark's which, which was just before i really uh started working at ffg if i recall but yeah we, we definitely have to keep some of those details in mind it's like oh that's probably not gonna work and um <laughs> if we can if we can include them in in a product we absolutely will if for instance, Genesis, that expanded players guide does include an employee portrait as one of the interior art pieces. And that was one of my favorites because it essentially has a, a Gundam, like a uh oh, uh yeah. a, a piloted neck suit. Really, really fun to do.
1: Cool. Yeah, I have seen, you know, you can kinda find some pages that have, you know, pictures of Caleb or Matt <laughs> or Molly or, yeah. or Brad. You know, those that's fun to try to find. So
0: yeah. Oh, I. I mean, when when you can see just like an a, this this intensity of of care being put into a character's face as much as we would put into like a Luke Skywalker, then it's it's a good chance that it's an employee portrait.
3: That's such a cool little perk for the employees, yeah, and it's, it's also fun. fun for the fans, right? Because we we meet these people, and it's fun to see it's fun to see the people behind the curtain in the yeah. Um At this point in time, if you were to choose where where would you like your portrait?
0: I've thought about this very very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely be a hobbit or the rings uh, but I but I would want to be a warrior hobbit. I would want to be a hobbit on top of a pony going into battle with an axe that's too big.
3: I think that's I think dream. the hobbit archetype could use a character like that to be honest. I think we need to
1: talk to Caleb and get this yes, I so
0: agree. <laughs> I so agree. Like that's... I'm I am a hobbit through and through. But, Sounds like a
1: perfect piece for a uh, scouring of the Shire set that we're. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> <at>, right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> good idea. Yeah. Uh, I think when people meet me in person, they're like, "Oh, yeah, definitely a Hobbit." Um, I'm just under five foot, and um, <laughs> small is is like pretty much one of my f- immediate traits, and it's just like <laughs> comfort and <laughs> comfort and food and all that. So yeah, I'm a Hobbit for sure. Just uh, Immediate
2: I, traits. I like yeah, that yeah. term.
0: Yeah, I, I may not be uh, very strong and probably not a very good warrior, but you know it's 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 the thought that counts. Yeah.
3: <laughs> War pony hobbit with oversized axes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> mood uh uh mood is out of your league. <laughs> uh, just don't just don't know what's going on. Make that the trait. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, we're starting to run low on questions here, right? Yeah, all right, I'm going to ask this one because we've asked Michael and Caleb the same one. If you could have a horde of evil minions that would do mm-hmm. one part of your job, oh. what would you assign them to do?
0: Um, probably carry me. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't necessarily want to put a lot of effort into getting where I need to go. So yeah, uh, transport <laughs> okay. right. with their very own bodies just on the shoulders of my minions really makes me feel grandiose and villainous. Yeah, I think I'll go with that.
2: Oh my God, that answer is so fantastic. Compared to like how compared to like how they answered it. (laughs) You know, like, oh, photocopying or whatever, right? (laughs) Do I know what their answers were?
1: Writing the art briefs. Writing the art (laughs) briefs. That's what they said. We have them on air saying that. that. One of them did
2: say
0: that. Wow. Makes me feel really appreciated. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I think it was because they didn't feel they were good at it. So,
0: oh, it, such a lie! Such they a didn't lie. speak the
2: language. That was their problem. No.
1: Yeah. Well, aren't they going to be upset when they see
2: you being carried around? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is my will. This Dang is my it. will.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's a great answer. <laughs> this has been this has been such an amazing conversation, Deborah, and we've learned so much. And so grateful to have you here tonight, and kind of revealing a part of this world that we just don't know much about, and yet. I know personally for me, like what draws me into all the LCGs is the art. They're just beautiful games.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you think so.
2: Yeah. I mean, you see them on the table and just like, Oh my God, I have like, this is a beautiful thing, you know? And, and that's kind of where I start with these. And so thank you for, for coming on tonight and giving us kind of a window in.
0: Yeah. It it was such a pleasure. I, (laughs) I really enjoyed this. I, I, this is the first time for me for ever really like discussing this and in, uh, in an interview format, uh, uh, like as a conversation, like, so it's, it's, it's been a joy for sure. Thank,
2: well, thank you. And it's absolutely fascinating.
1: Yeah. You never know. You're very, uh, it was very natural.
0: Oh, thanks. I'm so glad.
1: You did a great job. I, I was very appreciative. Thanks for coming on and uh, for answering all our questions and just being a, a pleasure to have on the show.
0: <laughs> thanks
1: all right well thank you very much deborah it's been an absolute
3: blast uh for those who want to get in touch with us we are critical encounters you can email us perhaps you want to uh, volunteer to pose for our new super villain 2021 calendar we still have an opening for may <laughs> you want to get in on that critical encounters pod at gmail.com we are critical encounters on facebook and on discord we are Vardane, big foam loaf and wandering duke if you like our show tell your friends if you don't like our show tell your enemies take us out deborah
0: I told you I'd deliver, didn't I? You wanted a war, Sabretooth just gave you a war.